podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. This is the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino and this week I'm joined by James Paddy and Muff as we cover all things Celtic. Celtic closed out their tour of Japan with a win over Gamble Osaka to round off a worthwhile week for the boys in the Far East and now head back to Lennox Town where the hard work continues ahead of the new season. Muff, we spoke about transfer panic buttons last week and when the right time to be pressing them should be. Is your hand currently hovering above it just now or has the recent transfer talk eased your fears a bit? Hello Tino, hello Paddy, hello James, hello listeners. Um, no, the hand's above the button, ready to press down. There's no announcements. It is all just talk. I want action. Uh, where specifically? Just just directly outside Celtic Park. That'd be nice. Given the, the result on Wednesday, the 6-4, uh, a few eyebrows were raised and a lot of question marks over the defence. Is that an area of concern for you? I, I, it's, it's not my my desire to see signings. Uh, it comes from just an expectation rather than directly related to the pre-season results. It's not really too much to do with that. We, we've known very good right-backs injured or very good centre-halves injured. Probably probably need genuine competition for the goalkeeping department, if not a new Replace number one. And we've discussed all this, probably striking back up as well, which I know we want to speak about. And yet we sign central midfielders and wingers. It's just that the strategy seems a bit off for me and what I expected to happen hasn't happened. It still might happen. But yeah, underwhelmed so far rather than overtly panicky. Yeah, I don't think you're alone there. James, we'll get into all the transfer talks shortly, but in terms of the Japanese tour, it has to be seen as a, a worthwhile exercise overall. Two high-tempo games against decent opposition, but a team bonding and plenty of time with Brendan Rodgers on the training pitch. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for results on pre-season tours it's just the wrong thing it's, it's about seeing you know I have to say Dyson's been a wee bit of a revelation for me through the centre and I just never would have put that forward as an option for Celtic and Rodgers is saying ah, I is and the only way you can find out <coughs> is by trying different formations seeing if the likes of Turnbull can do anything Mikey Johnson I'm sure would have got plenty of minutes if he was fit so it's all very worthwhile I'm sure the marketing team have, have loved it, you know, bringing in the dollars at the, the mobile Celtic shops and stuff. So raises the profile, gets some of the players that are from Japan out there and in front of their own home fans and stuff. Very, very worthwhile. Um, the real work starts now, I suppose, in, in terms of, you know, bringing in the signings. I, I suppose where you're, you're at with is that we've had two years of like, bang, bang, there you go, there's your right back, there's your striker and it's, it's, it's all done and dusted. This seems to be very, very methodical from Celtic, which is to be admired if it is eventually effective. So we've gone and done the sort of contracts out for the guys who want to extend. We've gone and got some, right, we're going to build you into a great player over the next 12, 18, 24 months. And then Navarocchi coming in, which looks imminent, that's us saying, here's your first team guys coming. So in the next you know, week, two weeks, you backfill a goalie, probably a striker, which we'll come on to, maybe a left back then it could be just a really professional performance. So we just need to give it another couple of weeks and see where we're at. I suppose could be is the optimal word at this moment in time because while there's nothing happening, we're all guilty of it. You fill in the gaps yourself, don't you? And you, you, you start to worry and you start to project what, what might be the case. Just in terms of the tour stuff, Barry, you and I obviously covered the, the Gamble-Saka game yesterday uh, or on Saturday and there was a lot of drama after Wednesday's game about the results, 6-4, this is a shambles, Joe Hart's done, defence is a, a riot, all that kind of stuff. That's right. <laughs> do, do results in pre-season friendlies matter at all, a wee bit, or not at all? Uh, a wee bit. 
a wee bit. I think it, it all comes down to where we are as supporters. You know, I think the last time we seen them play before last week was obviously our cup final. It's a new start, it's a new era under Rodgers and we're all just expecting everything just to continue as is. Um, and when you kind of see a result like that where we're shitting goals, on paper it doesn't look great as a supporter, you, you think... Mm. Was that shipping goals? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think I said something else there? I did. I'm sure Dave will beep it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just think that it's, it, it's easy for us to get carried away um, when actually in the grand scheme of things, you look at over the course of the two games, he he's changed his starting eleven twice um, in both games at half time. I think that this is ideally the best time for Rogers to see right where I'm at with these players, who has a future, who could maybe step up, and who's definitely going to be a mainstay. I think that we're we seem to be in this little bit of worry, and I think that the Scottish media have a massive part to play in that as well. When we we see all the signings happening across across the way people start to get itchy feet. They start to worry that where, where are our signings? We've, we've signed quite a few players. If, if we if, forget that. If we'd signed what they've signed by now, our hair would be on fire. We'd be running about going bananas. But the, the, It's the, awful. The, what the point I'm trying to make though is, is that I think a lot of Celtic fans are expecting of marquee ready-made players to come into this team. We've not done that the last two seasons. No one knew a Jota. No one knew a Giacomacus. No one knew of Hatati or, or, or Kyogo. I think that as a team... We, we, we just take our time. We just take our time. We'll get six weeks left in this transfer window as well. I, I think everyone's going to be okay, guys. I really I, do. I, I, like take, it, I take that point. Assuring. I take that point, right? So I take that point around. We didn't know the other players were going to be good until we arrived. And those that we have signed, like I tell you, home, who I thought were decent in the, in the game, could very well be excellent signings in the players that we're all revering in, in a year's time. What's different now is we know we've got a considerable amount of funds because we told the stock exchange. So that's why we know. <laughs> so therefore, it puts us in a different position to bring in the ready-made players, probably in a different position, a different position than we've ever been before, to be quite frank. But we've still not done it yet. Now, I'm not saying we won't do it. I just thought we would have. It's nothing to do with the press. It's actually nothing to do with Rangers. I, I, I genuinely don't know. I, I just know they've signed somebody called Cyril. <laughs> but for me, I would have thought we would have made a statement, not to the stock exchange, but to the fans, and to, you know, Scottish football by saying, here is your ready-made, whether it be goalkeeper, centre-half, striker, even midfielder, or add to the winger roster, if you want to do that as well. I thought we would have done it. As yet, we haven't. I think we will. Doesn't mean we won't. Doesn't mean we won't. I just thought we would have done it by now. I think the market in it is completely different though as well. I well, really do. thing I, I accept. Well, not, not, not even a, a along those lines, Miff. I think that if you're looking for a player that's got 100 appearances under their belt and, you know, they're they're showing signs that they can get away from the team that they're at, they want a new challenge. There's four or five different clubs looking at that kind of player. There really is. So I think Celtic are just, they have to be clever about it. I wouldn't be surprised if we've probably just been priced out of a few players as well. And it's not even the, the ticket on signing the players. So the goalie that went to Fenerbahce, I think it was. Nine million. I think we could have afforded that. Yeah. That would have been a real statement. He's in 50 grand a week. And he's not, you know, that that's a real gamble for Celtic mm -hmm. to go that for for that kind of position so we could have said yeah 9 million there's 35 plus bonus but they're going 50 grand a week yeah, that puts us out and he's Croatia's number one what was his mm. name Lavoski something like that cool I totally no. forgot I'm but the, the thing is with a guy like that he didn't we'll, sign stuff him I forget <laughs> we've spoken before though we need to kind of get him before he's Croatia's number one or just mm. as Aye. he's breaking through we're in the, we, we show up in such a funny market as Celtic we, we can't 
generally we cannot get the finished article. We can't afford the finished article. We can only get the guys that might become the finished article, and that's a, a tricky place to shop. Ah, you can end up with a Jota, or you can end up with a Borichter. You know, it, it can go. It can go either way. But 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 it's true though that that is you know, I always remember when we signed Borichter, folks that Ajax don't sell good players to Celtic mm. for a million pound, mm-hmm. and how right they were. Um, but those those things. The market that we're in, I accept that. I accept, you know, we have to sign the types of players that we have signed to develop them, to bring them on. Just my, I suppose they were my expectations, but they don't appear to be just my expectations. I think a lot of fans have kind of felt this would have been different. The transfer window would have been different. We would have married the efficiency under Ange and getting the business done early with a different profile of signing. And that's not quite happened. It's been... The profile signing of development and maybe some some are first team ready. I think Telio in particular is probably the one that I think would, would come in. And but um, I, when, when he's fit, of course. But yeah, let's we'll, we'll see what the next few weeks bring. Uh, the, if the button's there, I'm just for those that are uh, listening, uh, Spotify, iTunes, or any other. The, the hands hovering above the panic button, but it's not quite pressed down yet. No. I also like the look of the new guy, Forrest. He's quite good. <laughs> He's so new they're giving him a testimonial in a week's time. Mm-hmm. He looks quite good, that right winger. Quite You commented, Paddy, just if, if you want to stick on Forrest, he looked quite fit, quite lively. I, I, listen, I think we all know where we're at with James Forrest, and we'll probably cover him a wee bit more next week because he's got his testimonial coming on the Tuesday. Um, and good luck to him for all of that, well deserved. But is he, Paddy, now just a, a senior player and the kind of guy that's going to help the, the Marco Tillios and you know, Yang, if he comes in and, and the various other new guys? I think we would probably all agree that's what his role was last season. I think he, he had so many niggly little injuries, but I fit James Forrest at the age of, what, 31? He's, he's still in the squad. Yeah, I think so. Okay, let's take a look at what's coming up in this week's show. With Cameron Carter-Vickers still working on his rehab, Celtic look to have provided some backup in the centre-half department in the shape of 22-year-old Mike Navrocki. Is that the right pronunciation, James? Yes. From Legia Warsaw. And we look at what his signing will mean to the defence now and moving forward. Elsewhere, Brendan Rodgers has confirmed that Kyogo continues to struggle with a shoulder issue, which may require surgery. So where does that leave us in terms of striking options and should backup be looked upon as a priority? Then it's time for this week's Path to Paradise feature as I try again to outsmart the three Celtic gurus sitting right here in front of me. And finally, following recent speculation, should Celtic stick or twist on the outstanding talent that is Rio Hattati? Okay lads, let's get the ball rolling by assessing what looks to be the latest addition to the defence with the news that Navrocki is joining in a five-year deal from Legia Warsaw. It seems Celtic have beaten off competition from Galatasaray for his signature and that the six-foot-three defender will be the latest to join the Brendan Rodgers revolution. James, what's your latest take on this one from the information available to us? He looks like a find. Um, so he's what come through with the Braden Academy, um, a couple of loan deals and then signed for, for Legia. He seemed to play a lot on the right and... Could also play right back if required And I thought that was quite confusing Because the gap is on the left And then you look a bit more detail He can play with either foot Which is really interesting The versatility that gives Rodgers Whether he's playing four Three at the back Whatever it might be He's a bit of a tank He scores you know, a decent amount of goals For a centre and a half He's fast Strong in the tackle I think he's going to be a real A real talent for Celtic They've been very patient on it in, On that position And they're not going to be Wasting their time Someone that's not going to Cut the mustard So I think he's a First team signing Right out the bat And that in itself Is interesting Because we spoke In last week's show About the guys That have come in so far Thiago Holm Talio 
the two lads from South Korea. They're all 21, 22, and we've just presumed that they're all kind of project signings or development players. Navrocki's the same age, but you're right, James, he seems to just be a, a level above. He's got good experience, played a lot of games in the, the top division in Poland, played Europa League stuff. He actually played against Brendan Rodgers' Leicester in the Europa League in September 21, so he might have had eyes on him even from that early stage. But Matt, he does seem like someone who could potentially slot right in, particularly with CCV's current injury. Yeah, and often we, we talk about the model that Celtic worked to and the profile signing, and that's where... Navrocki probably bucks that trend a bit because he's picked up that experience he's played at Europa League level and we know from, from signing Juranovic um, from, from Legia they, they, they play often in, in Europe so getting that experience at a young age and still having what Celtic would regard as a, a resale value if he comes and plays another three good, a good three or four years for us he'll still be a sellable asset which means that we'll get back more than what we've invested done him great but will he do the business, as James says, has he, has he got those attributes that we need at the back? And what, what we do need is we do need someone as dominant as Carter Vickers, a very hard thing to find, but we need someone as dominant as him in his absence because it has been shown that we, we do lack that, that leader in the centre of defence. I think Staffield's done an admirable job, but it's just not quite the same as Carter Vickers. So it, it really needs reinforced, it needs strengthened, um, and, and it's great to see his signing in a position that we, we really, really need. Agreed. Paddy, it seems that he spoke with Josip Juranovic ahead of committing to the deal and it's good to, to hear the ex-players continue to speak positively about their experiences at the club. And at 22 years of age, he's someone that will still be developing to an extent, but would your gut feeling be that he's here to replace someone like Carl Starfelt or more that he's simply in to add more competition to that area of the squad? Um, first and foremost for me, it'll be to add more competition. I think obviously we see that Carter Vickers is, is still out at the moment. We don't know. He started back training for Aye. full training. Has yeah, that's good, yeah. good, good. Po- positive news that him and Ralston seem to be needing full training, which is great. I just think that a player like that coming in ready-made is, is brilliant uh, for our centre-halves. But as I, I said to you yesterday, Tino, we look at last season, um, we never had um, a full season of Starfelt and, and Carter Vickers through injury at the very early early stages of the, the, the season. And I think that that's massive for us, having those players ready to come in. We hoped that we were going to get something from from Maurice Jens last year. We didn't get that. We didn't really see enough um, to, to make us kind of want to make anything permanent there. This guy, for me, I think is going to be knocking at the door more. I think he'll get more opportunity than what Jens maybe did as well. Um, and it's, it's great. It keeps our two starting centre-halves on their toes. Um, a lot are very, very quick to dismiss Starfield. Very quick. But I think two years, no uh, defeat alongside Carter Vickers. It's his jersey at the, the beginning of the season, in my opinion. Just can I say something on that? It's, it's not really about the, the defence part of Starfield and Vickers. It's the speed of coming out. And if Starfield's having to get it on his right from a left-hand side position, you're slightly slower than when we break on the right. And I include when Starfield's on the right, it's not you know, his fault he's been playing the left. That's my issue is getting out of defence quicker with a left-footed player. So I, that's the, the well, challenge we've got. Well, I've nearly broke a scoring record last season, though. So I don't know, I know what, you, what you want. It's Europe you're looking at. Things like uh, that, you know, so. I, I suppose it's when you're assessing Carl Starfield, you've got to look at it in two ways. I think as a defender, if you look at the mistakes that he's made, inverted commas, the mistakes he's made, they all come from him trying to play ball. It's when he comes out of defence and he... Fluffs his lines and he's not quite quick enough. We've seen an example, I know it was a friendly on Wednesday, where he just made an arse basically. Didn't, didn't know whether he stick a twist and he ended up doing neither. 
But in terms of defence, he's, he's absolutely solid. But that's the question, James. Is that enough at Celtic? And is, is that enough in an attacking team that Brendan Rodgers is clearly trying to build? And let's be honest, if we're trying to build something that's suitable for Europe, you talk about levelling up for the Champions League. Are we going to be enough with Karl Starfelt in terms of what he brings in an offensive mode? Or do we need someone that can play ball just a wee bit better, a wee bit sharper? Again, I would I would say that it's it's fairly untested. I, I, I would I mean we look at last season's campaign, the majority of our games was Jens and Welsh, and I just think that it's it's um I'm not I'm not trying to say that we, we don't try and progress. I think this is a brilliant signing. It's keeping those two centre halves on their toes one hundred percent. I just think that, you know, it doesn't rock the boat entirely. I I, I don't see enough from me from Starfelt that makes me think, no, no, you're going to be you're going to be on the bench next season. I, I don't think that's the point the case for him at all. And credit to Starfelt that, you know, certainly during Angie's time, we brought in Maurice Jens, we brought in Kobayashi. None of the two of them, despite a lot of our suggestions, none of the two of them could even get near nudging him out the team. So he's certainly seen off those two challenges. And he'll rise to a challenge with Navarroque as well. I think Starfelt's a good pro. What is he now? 26, maybe 27. And he'll know that at a club like Celtic, this is how it goes. You can never rest on your laurels and he'll be kept on his toes, as you say, Paddy. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out once CCV's fit. Because at the moment, it might just be Navarocchi and Starfield yeah. together. That makes sense. What happens when CCV, CCV, easy for me to say, comes back in and rightfully takes his shot? But we spoke last week about the dangers of the squad becoming bloated and that's only going to be added to as we continue to bring new players in. What does Navarocchi's signing mean for the likes of Yuki Kobayashi and Stephen Welsh? I know Kobayashi picked up his knock, he's, he's injured on Wednesday night, but those two lads very quickly have just become periphery players at Celtic. Yeah, and well, I think I think the Welsh always kind of has been. And to be fair, Kobayashi became so underage towards the end, he was, he was available for selection, had a fairly indifferent game at Ibrox, and then was, was eased out as a part of that. I wouldn't completely give up on him, but the problem with centre-halves is they need game time, and if you're just sitting cooling your heels on the bench not getting on the pitch and playing five, six games in a row with a steady partner and I don't think you've really been judged to, to good effect yeah. um, so it, it's one of those positions where unless you're going to get a run of games I understand we want to keep Welsh for the homegrown players for, for the Champions League but you can't hold a lad's career back for no. that he, you know he's probably got to need to go and spread his let, wings let him go man at, at the very least get him out on loan so he can go we, and play regularly we knock back bids from Italy I mean that could be great for his career the same as a lot of other Scottish boys have done get out there and you know, really yep. flourish I, I think he's a talent that's just not quite good enough for us but could really thrive elsewhere I think it's you know, not really fair to Celtic to hold on to him if they're not going to play him and they shouldn't play him Yeah, I'm inclined to agree I like Stephen Welsh a lot I think he's a very honest player as well but and you say selfish from the club and, and it might be the right term but Celtic do need to and all clubs need to meet this UEFA Champions League squad profile you need to have so many homegrown players and if they've signed Stephen Welsh on a whatever contract he's on just now he's maybe got a couple of years to run then they maybe just do need to hold them. It'd be nice in a perfect scenario to say, on you go, Stephen, go and flourish in Italy. But actually, Celtic need to be clever about who they put in their squad. There's a requirement by UEFA to have certain homegrown talents. I'd, I'd rather have a player short in the squad. Rather uh, it's, than mis, it's mismanagement if, yeah. they're, if they're at that position. Yeah. It's also prevaricating the rules. The rules are there to get those guys in the team actually playing football, and he's not going to be playing football. Yeah. So, well, What's the alternative? It's not Stephen Welsh. Should he slot in just a another Scottish lad that's playing at Celtic? Was, was yeah, that maybe. part of yeah, he's trained. the set-up? Home trained. Home train, but yeah. was he part of the squad last year? The mm, Champions League squad? Probably not. That could be the replacement. Be. Yeah. We'll maybe review that in the mm -hmm. coming weeks. So we'll have a, a Champions League draw to look forward to in the not-too-distant future and we'll start to gear more towards Europe. James, you've always had this 
plan for Europe gearing up. So we'll, we'll certainly spend some time the on that. The only Celtic fan that does. <laughs> In the weeks ahead. Um, <laughs> first. If we make no further additions to the defence, I'll ask this to you, James. Would you be happy to go into the season and more specifically the Champions League campaign with the options we currently have? Keeping in mind that as we touched on there, CCB and Ralston are on their way back. You know They seem to have resumed full training more or less. A wee bit longer for Alistair Johnson. So taking all that into consideration, adding Navrocki to the mix, where do you stand? Left back's weak. Um, and I don't mean Greg Taylor, I just mean you haven't got enough cover in there and I don't think you have the level we need. I hope Taylor can keep developing he has, as he has done in the last 12, 24 months. Burnaby's not that cover. He's a right back slash striker slash he, He's a right wing goal scorer <laughs> type. Right one, Stevie. What was he doing up there? Oh, <laughs> amazing. That's <laughs> just amazing. He passed that to uh, me. Me. <laughs> What's this? Right. Me and Paddy covered that one. <laughs> a. What was he doing in the right back position in the first place? B. Super inversion. What was it? He? he tried to curl it with the outside of his left foot and it went the other way. Hanging his boots on the wrong feet. And then chased his own through a ball. It was just but he, he, utter he, nonsense. He jumped up in frustration and went. I can get that. <laughs> so, wherever Burnaby is going to be, I don't think it's left back unless it's straight, not right back either, but somewhere f- further up kind of thing. So I think we need cover at left back. Um, I think with the defenders, if we let Welsh go, you're looking at uh, Navrocki, Kobayashi, uh, Kobayashi on the left and Starfield CCV on the right and you've got Ralston and Johnson at right back. I'm just about okay with that if that's where it lands, but the left back needs work. So yeah, so maybe one addition, one solid yeah. addition that can play in left back. Are you lads similar minded or, or any difference? I thought. I I would agree on the on the left back, but I, I, again, we don't currently have any fit right backs either. That yeah. that, that worries me. It might be Navrocki. Think so. He can, yeah. he can slot over there, and we know that Awata has played there, but I'm not sure if that's a long term solution. No, I seen him doing some very non right backy <coughs> tackles yesterday. Aye, just yeah. slammed a guy Anyway, seems there's, there's maybe a further addition So just to close things out in the Rocky Can we just call him Rocky Paddy, is that Both easier? Are. Right, so we'll, we'll set the ball on So just a signing of Rocky Overall, pleased with that And a, a good addition as we start to head towards the season Yeah, I think so um, I, I'm hopeful that this is a, a sign of things to come That we, we keep keep bringing these players in um, After maybe two years of us having uh, A partnership of Carter Vickers and Starkfield we're always just bringing someone else in it's going to test them I think that's massive for us uh, as a club I want to see that happen in all positions to be honest keeps things fresh we can then see you know who's going to make the who's going to step up or who actually is, is ran their course at Celtic so it's a good signing yeah all round seems to be a good bit of business elsewhere it's been reported at the end of the Japanese tour that Kyogo Furuhashi continues to struggle with the shoulder issues that's hampered him at different times during his two years in Glasgow so far Brendan Rodgers is quoted as saying that it probably won't be totally right until he has an operation on it. But he then went on to say that the option of surgery will be totally down to the player himself. Kyogo himself seems to be playing it down and he said, there's nothing to get better or worse. It's fine. I'm on the pitch. And when you see the game, you'll see how it is. Now, if I think what is clear, despite the kind of different quotes there, is that he's definitely not 100% at this moment in time. So how much of a concern is that with the league campaign about to get underway and a tough Champions League campaign also on the horizon? Well, it's not ideal because we've seen last season how quickly it can change. You know, a fairly innocuous tackle meant he was taken off and what at that point was probably our most important game of the season. So living with that jeopardy isn't great, but you could go back and say, well, that can happen at any moment in any game or, or something can happen or something has to be substituted. But it's a known problem that he has and, you know, some of the darker forces in the SPL known that he has that problem will, will no doubt try, and, try and play on that. I think um, that's already happened. Yeah, yeah I've seen, seen, it, seen it happen a few times. I've, Clothesline stuff. Um, clothesline stuff, also the grab, grabbing the it, 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 it
yeah, just it, it, it's not ideal, but I think it just highlight highlights were, were maybe a wee bit a wee bit light on on number nines if if Keogh go where to be injured. And on that party, so it seems that Brendan Rodgers really sees Dyson Maeda as a striker rather than a winger, and he used him a good effect there uh, in Japan. What do you think of him, him in that position, first of all, and can he be a genuine contender for Kyogo's striking throne? I don't think he takes the throne, I just think it's a great option. I really do. I think back to the World Cup and, and pushed Japan through quite a lot of their games with the, the, the games that he was playing. He will miss an abundance of chances, kind of what we were saying yesterday, but he just brushes himself down and just gets on with it. And that, that mentality and that position, I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Samaras, um, just in the sense that, you know, he would be like one yard out, still managed to miss, but then he would score an absolute worldly about 10 minutes later. I just think that it's a great option for us to have. I'd still like to think that we would go and sign a, a competitive striker. Yeah. James, we've seen Kyogo deployed in a couple of positions out with centre-forward, um, certainly in the last couple of games in Japan, but we've also seen it during his early days. Remember his debut uh, against Hearts, he came on in the left-wing position, he played at Ibrox in left-wing with uh, Edward through the centre. And I just think anywhere out with number nine for Kyogo, he's nowhere near as effective. It's not his game. He's a number nine all day and that's all. And he's very, very good at it. I, you know, I seen him yesterday and he was floating about kind of right hand side the halfway line I was like what are you doing out there you know just get in but then O was on at the time as well so I, I just I, I, a few times last year I actually played O and Kyogo together it's really ineffective so I, I just don't like it I think you need to have I mean we could end up quite bloated because I, I agree with Paddy I think we need to sign a number 9 but then you've got Dyson not as a number 9 but Rogers is saying I'm going to play him there when, when I get the opportunity to or if Kyogo's not playing you'll Kyogo himself you've got O development player for me and I think we need a maybe someone in the in the kind of mould of Rocky in a, in a striker uh, capacity. You know, twenty two, done a wee bit. You know, got a bit of space to grow, but can deliver for us right away as well. That yeah. that that would be the ideal kind of signing for me there. So maybe just a wee bit more experienced than know someone who's maybe done it for a couple of seasons and, and has a proven track record. Yeah, I mean we've also mentioned it a couple of times, but it's. It's just really important to highlight it that, you know, that Asian Cup is coming up. It's the 10th, 12th of January to the 10th of February. And it could genuinely see us without all three of our current strikers, Kyogo, Maeda and O, who will all have ambitions to go there with Japan and South Korea respectively. So surely if on that basis alone, we need to be looking at bringing another striker into the mix. Yeah, you'd think so. You would think so. Um, I, I quite like Loki O. I, I know not everybody's sold on him, but I, I think there's... There's really the, the kind of basic tools there to be working with. He's a big, strong, powerful player. Very different type to, to what we already have. Still a bit raw, but I think just, you know, he could be doing more games, whether he's got to get them with us next season or not. It's probably the, big, the biggest factor. But yeah, for, for, for all those factors that you mentioned around the Asian Cup and more, and, you know, someone a bit more tried and tested coming in, I think I think we do need that for, for the Champions League. When you, when you need a goal, you need, you need someone that's you know, knows how to find the back of the net. So that would it would be my hope that we would still strengthen there, but it just remains to be seen. We've not really been linked to any strikers at all, have we? It's been very quiet. Yeah, but we weren't, we weren't linked with Rocky. You know, just right out there. I mean, what I would say, based, based on what we've covered there, you know, Kyogo's niggle injury, the the Asian Cup, the, the maybe, maybe not with Dyson Maeda, the fact that O's still a bit raw. Paddy, I'd go as far to say that Getting a new number nine should be our number one priority this moment in time. Um, I I can agree with you on it. I, I think that January is a 
is a massive month um, if we if we lose those players. The the big factor is is that what we we need to think about is is that what wingers are we bringing into? Uh, I think we maybe still a little bit light on the right hand side, um, and I just think that it's that we're we're speaking about several positions in this show today, guys. I think that that just shows you that there is a little bit of a want, a little bit of a worry for a few areas in the team. Um, I still think that the team are. I, I still think as a club we're, we're planning for this I still think that as James just said we're keeping our cards very close to our chest and that's something that will continue from when Angers came in um, and I just think that we can't just go and clutch at anyone and just say right you'll do I don't think it'll be a case of that I think it has to fit it has to work um, it's important that we get something in though it could be that we wait to January for that oh, but no. not, it could, I'm not saying that they will but oh. it could be again we just don't know what market we're up against now. we really don't um, I, I think if we if we sign a striker and we do nothing else, which I think we should sign other players, but if we only signed a, a top notch striker, we'd probably be okay. It, it, and that's, that gets us to my next question, James. So, number nine is the, the absolute priority for me, Paddy. You're maybe somewhere in between. Is that your number one position yeah, at this moment yeah, in time? Yeah, and and more in the old mould, you know, a physical, tall, fast striker, not as much as Dyes and and Kyogo. We've got that kind of covered you know and important that they don't qualify to play for the Asian Cup oh, 100% <laughs> someone yeah. they can play yeah. out with yeah, that yeah. tournament Matt what's your priority as a striker or have you got somewhere else identified I know you like to be different um, no I'd, I'd say especially with the Kyogo news uh, a wee bit of noise around it so I would say yes another striker would be and also the Asian Cup factor as well should be a priority but I'm, I'm like I'd mentioned previously I'm nervy about the, the right back and Johnson potentially being out for a prolonged time Ralston being the only available right back and I know you've said if Rocky could come in and cover there he could argue the same left back if he can play with both feet but if he's been signed as a centre half I'd like you know, right, let's use him where he's built for then yeah. I, I, I think right, right back as well would be right or left back to be honest with you because if I get the same point stands for Left back is right back. If Navroki's going to be signed as a centre half, is it you need you need cover on either? But you mentioned the squad getting bloated, and you're now getting to that point. You're saying right, well, there, there's this pool of players that just aren't going to get anywhere near the squad, and, and maybe maybe Kobayashi and Awata are part of that. Maybe you mm -hmm. know guys who we thought were just going to be probably regular players for us. Awata just doesn't really seem to be in the picture in midfield. But I, 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 I mean, I, I've, I'm not writing them off or anything like that. I'm just saying it's. It's funny how things are developing. I think they're both still in there. Probably, but we'll get more an idea. So we're in Dublin on Saturday to play Wolves and then we've got James Forrest game against Bilbao on the Tuesday. And I think the team lineups for those two games will give us more of an indication as to where those guys are. Read the same for guys like Turnbull who started the other day, might not start on those ones. And you'll get an idea, you know, will I go Taylor or Bernabe left back? You know, and various other... Haksabanovic, Paddy and I questioned his attitude at this moment in time. No doubt in the talent. Has he got the, the desire and the bit between his teeth? Not sure. He looks a wee bit come on, come Charlie on, Showbiz. Come on, second half yesterday. And the feet, you know, the, the talent is there, his fast feet and stuff. And then he just gets a wee bit disinterested, yep. you know. We, start, we saw it at some points, maybe halfway through the season, last season, and we just went, nah, you know, that, that attitude, particularly at the time under Ange Postacoglu, you're like, you're not the last 10 minutes here. So he's got the opportunity, it's all there for him, but he's got to have a serious change in attitude to make it. You can see the lad's a player, but I'm, yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. He's, he's had a lot of chances. There's some flashes of absolute brilliance, but it just doesn't seem to be that desire to do it repeatedly. The big annoyance is you can clearly see the talent. And you, and you can see that for so many of the players that we've 
questioned, you know, in terms of their future. Turnbull, real talent. Mikey Johnson, real talent. Hank Sabanovich, real talent. But talent's not enough, Paddy. We spoke about it when we covered the Osaka game. It's not enough just to be a good player. At any club, not just Celtic, any club in the modern era, you need to have so much more that goes with it. You need to have that desire, that work rate, that commitment, uh, that willingness to learn, that willingness to be coached. And yeah, there's maybe a few question marks over Hank Sabanovich and, and one or two others. One guy who's definitely uh, not shown any of those good attributes is Albion Ayeti, who's basically hunkered down. And he's just said, I'll take your 12 month salary, Celtic. I'm the, uh, they I tried to was, him, didn't they? There was a suggestion yeah. that Celtic would pay him up early and, you know, shake hands. And he says, nope, I'll stick with the, I don't know what he's on, 25 grand, ah, he's something on like that. Yeah. Uh, and he's sitting tight. And you could debate that further. Do you fault him as a guy or is that Celtic's fault for giving a four year deal? Is it a four year deal to a guy who's just. Not cutting it. It's just football, isn't it, Miff? You can see his side of things and you can see Celtic's side. Absolutely. So, so bad. Yeah. It's a really, really bad sign. Just Gim- right off. Given that Kyogo's struggling about the shoulder, did we give the double A a chance to redeem himself? <laughs> <laughs> Slot him back in. Uh, the final point I'd like to make, though, just in the striking options. So, obviously, we've debated Dyson Maeda and what he's currently doing. You know, Rogers is playing him through the middle, but I don't, I don't like any player to be that that hybrid player I sometimes play winger I sometimes play striker I, I call it the, the kind of Phil Neville scenario where he suffered throughout his career for just having no real position sometimes he was right back sometimes he was centre mid sometimes he was centre half and ultimately ended up just sitting on the bench for various clubs between United and Everton and I think you're in danger of a guy you either just say I'm a striker or I'm a winger or I'm a fullback or whatever or nothing at all I just don't like you know the, the, the suggestion at times is oh bad I can play through the middle well I can but it's not his strong point. His strong point is being a wide man. Dyson can play through the middle, mm, but is it his you know favourite position? So I, I think I think that is though. I, I actually think yeah. it is his favourite position. Yeah. Yeah. And just made him a left winger. Yes, but I don't like the prospect of signing someone who can. You know, Ange talked about these players that are versatile. I'm not into that. I just sign a striker to be striker, a centre mid to be centre mid, and so on. Square square holes and square pegs. He's out the door a month and you disagree. Never When I used to see him at the fan media stuff, it was excuse me, Mr. Poster. I think you'll find Brendan Rogers has Dyson Maida as his super sub and he'll play as required for what's required during the game. Right, and he joins about a striker, he joins a winger. And it'd be a brilliant option to have off the bench. How happy would Maeda be? Super stub. Maeda's happy with Everton. He's, mm. he's got a, an interesting mindset, hasn't he, Paddy? We spoke about that as well. Just he's he makes mistakes. He, he has a loose touch. It ball runs under his foot. Doesn't matter. Just washes his face and, and starts again. But no, I don't think Ange always played him in the big games. Ange played him in Europe. He played him against Rangers. Played him in cup finals. And I'm not sure as a you know a Japan international as well. I'm not sure he'd be happy to be bit part or back up to Kyogo or anyone so going to be real interesting to, to see what happens fingers crossed with the Kyogo situation hopefully you know it's it's nothing major but it looks like a wee bit of a, a doubt over his shoulder so we'll need to see if any final comments before we move on from this one no no final comments from me other than I agree with Paddy I think my favourite position is centre forward yeah, it looks like he'll get a chance there moving forward so let's see how it plays out Okay, it's now time for our Path to Paradise feature, where each week I'll tell you the clubs a player has played for before his move to Celtic, and we'll also name any teams he then went to after he left, and all you need to do is name the player in question. So far, so good for the lads, with Glenn Lewins, Johnny Hayes and Gary Caldwell being the answers over the last three weeks. But, napper! Well, the boys barely named the famous XL <laughs> a sniper's dream from this week's clues. Lads, are you ready for this week's Path to Paradise? Yes. Always. Yes. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Deportivo La Coruña. Sit tight on your answers. Airdrie, 
What a move that is. Oh, yeah. Spain to Airdrie. <laughs> Livingston. Oh, aye, Celtic. Aye, aye. Oh, dear. Dundee come United. On. That's a gimme. Come on, look. Have a wee think, although I think you've got it, and I'll come back to you in just a moment. While the lads are trying to work that one out, I want to let you know about Celtic 321, which is our new weekly email that we send out completely free every Tuesday. Celtic 321 is a punchy roundup of the most important Celtic news that week. It takes less than two minutes to read and includes three articles, two videos, and one quote from the week in Celtic. If you're really quick, you'll be able to get signed up in time for this week's edition and to do so, just visit our website where you'll see the sign-up options in the homepage or alternatively, just click the link that we've included in the show notes for this episode. And remember, you can explore Celtic 321 and all of our additional content, including the Celtic Exchange Plus, right now at theCelticExchange.com. Who's the nominated guy to give her the answer? But, but, Is it you, Paddy? No, 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 we'll get an answer each. No, are you kidding me on? How does that work out? How's that fair? Are you the team captain? I think he's trying to trick us. I do. I think because it could be one or two. Mm -hmm. You've could got be one or two. You've got one answer. And no, one answer no, 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 no. It's one or two. I've only got one answer. Right? I've only got one shot at this. No way. Just change the rules as we go, man. No that's, chance. That's how it's been going for the last couple of years. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> Paddy, are you the nominated answer? Right, go for it, Paddy. Go for it. I'm going to say bro. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were trying to trick us. We'll get that beeped out as well. So, so the the path. To paradise has now been renamed the Mythway. <laughs> That's the first one you've got. Is, is, away you go, away you go. Where else did you get? Away you go. Who did I get? I got the first one. No, it was Paddy. What? Aye. No, I did get the first one, didn't I? Did I get the first ever? Who's the first one? Paradise? First one was Glenn Levins. Myth got that. I got well, the other two. Your lads get Johnny Hayes, and then I think I'll you got Caldwell last week. I was that. No, no he, got, he got Caldwell. What, uh, what was Brotto's path? Brotto so, was wrong answer, but. Airdrie and Livingston as well, I'm sure. Is the route from Spain and Airdrie quite a commonly tread path? It was football? the Steve uh, Armstrong. No, route, Baldy, Baldy, Archibald. Archibald, Archibald, sorry. Archibald. Yeah. Archibald. Aye. Aye. Um, anyway, I, I thought that was an easy one. I think you thought I it was an easy one. one yeah. So I'll dig deeper. I'll, I'll give you a quick one, right? But we're kind of working on one just earlier in the week. Straight answer Celtic, Chelsea, no other clubs. Who have you got? Tom Boyd. He went the other way after yeah. Liverpool and all Carino. that stuff. Just Celtic, then Chelsea. Started at Celtic, went to Chelsea. And that was it. Aye. Goes back a few years as well. Here's another clue. He managed Celtic. Davey Hay? Davey Hay is correct. Well done. It's good on a bit Is that too old? Don't look back on no, you. No, no. Davey Hay. Do you just make that up? Not right. Anyway, we'll test out the water. It was either Davey or Paul McStay, wasn't it? Well, no. Paul McStay didn't play with Chelsea. No, no, no. I'm saying you're not playing with anger. Aye, aye. Okay, let's move on. Okay, we're going to close out this week's show by looking at the current situation surrounding Rio Hatati, a player who's been an absolute standout since his arrival at Celtic Park in January of 2022. Following the game against Gambo Osaka in Japan, some headlines, materi some headlines materialised linking him with a move to the English Premier League. And in truth, there's nothing controversial about what Hatati said in reply. But before we get to that, what do you think of his situation overall, Paddy, and his importance to this current Celtic side? After McGregor, he's our best player in the club in my opinion. And I, I, I know everyone will be thinking about Kyogo there as well, but I just think he's he's massive for us. Um, great player. Is he the player with the most potential, given his age, his profile, the level he's playing at? Yeah, I would love to see him sign a new deal. I would. Does it concern you that he's not, when the likes of McGregor has, Kyogo has, Maeda has? It does a little bit. I think that um, this might come down to, if we get him on a new deal, do we price him out of that move to the Premier League? a lot of the teams just still think that he's maybe not the finished article um, and he gets another season here to to get to that level 
and another another year off his contract. It works out well for him and it works out well for the Premier League teams. So Celtic need to be clever here. We do, but we hold the cards. So he's 25 years of age, but he's contracted until May of 2026. So you're, you're just a bit uh, short of three years from now, James. So Celtic are in a strong position, you know, regarding what Hatati wants to do. I've no doubt he's got ambitions and that's fine. You know, but while he's here, he's, he's working hard, he's performing, he's, he's playing at a top level. But if a big offer comes in, Celtic do hold all the cards. Yeah, it's more... You know, and Rogers is quite open with this to players. You know, you know, where do you want to get to? What's your ambition? Because you know, I can work with you on that path. And we know where we sit in you know, football's line. You know, we're, we're not at the top of it, and we can help players get their moves to wherever it is in Europe or, or EPL or whatever. So it just might be if you want to sign a new deal. Yeah, it'll be good for us because we might command a higher fee, but you'll get better dough on the way. He's probably on fairly light dough given you know the profile he came in from, so he could earn more money on the way to ending up in the same position this time next year. I think we've got one more year left to Rio Tati and we, we better enjoy it because he's a real, real talent. He looks lean. He looks to be working hard outside of what, you know, pre-season has, has been doing. Looks like he's been keeping himself fit through close season. Um, I think he's a big part of Rogers' plans and if he was to go in, in this transfer window, it would be quite disruptive because we're not really planning for him going. I think it'd be a huge blow to lose him at this moment in time. Here's the quotes from Hatati when he was asked about any ambitions he has to play in England. He says, if I can take advantage, sorry, if I can take on a challenge, I want to. There are things I can't do anything about, but when I lose my ambition, I'm finished as a player. And that's a natural thing for a player. If I think those comments, you know, some bits maybe get lost in translation. And I had an arse at the start of the quote as well, so that might get lost. But the comments are pretty fair game, aren't they? And it's hardly the... You, you'll have seen some people spin on it. You know, Hatati begging for a move to the Premier League and yeah. stuff of that nature. <laughs> my Celtic hell. Yeah, so it's... <laughs> 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 so it's, it's hardly the, the cry for help that someone making out to be, is it? But it's pretty fair comment. <laughs> um, listen, James is quite right to highlight where we're in the food chain because that is the reality of supporting modern-day Celtic. We don't support the Celtic of our forefathers who conquered Europe and were seen as the place to be. That said, when it comes to Rio Hatati, I believe we have a... a, a I might get shot down for this and I, I might be proved wrong, but I think we've got a genuine world-class talent in our hands. I, I can barely remember a player who's excited me so much and who I love watching so much as Rio Hatati playing for Celtic, the way he addresses the ball, the way he receives the ball, and even in those friendlies, mm. it's some of the guys chasing shadows that were trying to mark him, trying to press him high up the pitch, and he's just like, nah, mate, no the day. And and this guy, I believe, last season played at 50%. I, I don't know what the key is to unlock that. I think Ange got close to it. I think it, I think he just needs to play a bit angrier sometimes. He just He's so laid back. Mm -hmm. it, he could dominate games more if he wanted to. Um a lot of the time he does just rotate the ball when you think he could drive yeah. with the ball and he's got great skill and he's got such great vision. I, I just love him. My, my worry is that some scout somewhere sitting watching him and loves him just as much as I do and will go and spend the money on him. Because if I think if I think you look at his body of work with Celtic, if you look at our Champions League campaign, the bravery he showed in that campaign on the ball when you know maybe results weren't going our way Performances you could argue did, results didn't. He is at the heart of everything good that we do and he's just such a brilliant player. I, I hope he stays for the length of his contract, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I agree with James as well. I think physically, we, we need to remember that he hasn't had the same physical training as many players who have played football and been in 
academies since yeah. they've been 14, 15 years old. He was a university player who then made it professional, you know, having a pro- another proper pre-season with, with Celtic under someone like Rodgers, who's really, really big on that, very meticulous on, on that, is is interesting in itself because if that could unlock another 20-30% out of Rio Hitati then we're, we're in for a treat this season the guy is an absolute baller yeah. part, part of what makes him such a, a talented player Paddy is he, he's an actual right footer and he's got a brilliant strike on goal which we've seen very early in his Celtic career with that goal against Hearts and then a couple against Rangers which was nice but he's got a real two-footedness about him which makes him almost a complete central midfielder because he can spin out and go the other direction at the drop of a hat and he's just very clever on the ball and he uses his body very well he doesn't seem to get caught up in too many of the 50-50s he seems to play around that and he's just such a versatile player but what's your own hopes for Rio if we do hold on to him what's your own hopes for the season ahead and realistically when do you think he may go on to make his move yeah I think he's I think he's a massive player for us I think we're talking about the ability on the ball off the ball he's incredible it's it's um, he takes a full like scan of everything around him before he even receives it so, so aye he just knows what his next move is going to be I remember the the goal he scored against Aberdeen, just some of the movement leading up to that. And he just made it look effortless um, and just making his way into the box. Started the play, finished the play. He's he's huge for us. He's going to be a huge player for us this season. I don't think he goes this summer. I don't. I think we would have probably have heard by now or I think a team would have came looking for him by now. I don't think Premier League teams, when they're going into that market, they, they know what the negotiations are like with Celtic. Celtic will rarely say no if the price is right. And I just think that we we would have known by now if someone was after Hitati this summer. I will oh. not come on the show again <laughs> oh. <laughs> if he if goes, because I'll be sorry about it. But I just don't think, I think we'd know by now. I think we get one more season out of him and I think he, he goes on. There's another huge bonus in there that we've just signed someone, uh, an Odin Thiago home, who plays in a similar position, maybe slightly deeper line. And... Brendan Rodgers shirked him for taking the easy option against Osaka. He went back a couple of too many times, played it safe. And listen, it's his Celtic debut. His priority at that time was probably don't give the ball away, play it safe, be quite cautious. But Rodgers doesn't want that, and rightfully so moving forward. He wants guys to, to be adventurous, to make the, the forward pass, to make the through ball. And I think Thiago Home will look on to Rio Hotati, who's only a couple of years older than him, and say this guy's doing all the right things. He's left, he's right, he's in and out, he can play further forward, he links things up, he scores goals. And I think, you know, he's, as I say, there's not too much of a difference age-wise, but I think Hatati could be a huge mentor, James, for somebody like Thiago Holm and various other young midfielders around the side. Yeah, my initial taking home was a good bit more defensive or a bit box-to-box, I suppose, but not quite as creative as, as Rio. But not to say that that can't develop under the right, right tutelage and stuff, so... Um, yeah, I mean, we've got young players in the league. We do having someone slightly ahead of them in their in their career progress can only be a good thing to, to learn from, and that's all part of the model as well. If, if a crazy bid comes in this summer for Rio Hattati, and I'm talking jota money or something like that, should Celtic do all they can to resist it? Given in, you know, as I've said, he's contracted till May 2026. Uh, should we just do all we can to knock back any bids? And just how important is he to what Brendan Rodgers is trying to build? I think that all comes down to the player. You know, I'm I'm still heavily burned by what went on in the the tenth season and and the players who stayed but didn't then to give him. their all to were, 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 were kept rather than stayed. Yes, Lennon wanted them out. Yep. So um, that that makes life difficult if you've got someone like that round about the squad. If ultimately the players' desire is to leave, then I, I think you, you let them leave, especially somebody like Katai because. 
he's going into his third season. He he has delivered for us. Yeah. Absolutely no doubt about that. But I think the really really intriguing thing he's just got so much potential to kick on. Uh-huh. I, I think there's there's another huge chunk improvement to come out of him and what excites me is if he can achieve that at Celtic it's just going to be an absolute joy to watch I would love him I think he will stay um, for this season I agree with Paddy I think he will I certainly hope he will but my hope also is that he improves so much that he becomes almost impossible to keep and that will only mean good things for us Mm -hmm. and everybody wins out of that I hope this section isn't construed as Stupid podcasters try to punt Rio Hatati kind of, kind of scenario because it's far from that. No. Just, we recognise the talent. Of course, he's going to be interesting to scout Smith's right there. If anyone watches him, you can't fail to see a player there. And it's just a case of whether Celtic can hold on to him for that bit longer, continue to develop him, develop him and get the best out of him for the season ahead. Paddy, any final comments before we move on from Rio Hatati? Um, I just, I would love to see another level reached this season from him. I think that kind of what James is hitting on, he is looking a little, little bit sharper a little bit more leaner um, and I think that we've seen several games under under uh, Ange last season and the season before where Hatati could sometimes just drop out the game or sometimes have a little lapse in concentration I always think back to that St Johnston St Johnston game where we were very comfortable and he gave gave the ball away he knows himself what he needs to do for this season and if he does that he gets himself a great move next year he also got Callum McGregor sent off in season one didn't yeah. he was that a short pass against Motherwell McGregor yeah. had to take the guy out and That's take true. the red card hmm. the, the last point actually on Hitati and Paddy and I discussed it after the Osaka game we know that Ange would always do his rotations on 60 minutes three three guys in three guys out you know more or less every time 60% of the time he done it every time <laughs> and that doesn't make sense <laughs> but uh, we often seen Hatati sacrificed at that moment in time and me and Paddy were discussing it and I'd be keen to hear what you lads think about the exciting prospect of a 90 minute Rio Hatati. He would always take Hatati off, he would often take Kyogo off and maybe an O'Reilly or a winger or something like that. I really want to see the best players in the park for the longest period of time and it's exciting to see that he could find himself on for you know, 80, 90 plus minutes, James. And, and that in itself must allow him to kick on as a player. It's, it's actually quite... Um, unnatural for a guy to always just play hours and he, I think he was one of the most sub players at Celtic during Andrew's reign Aye. I think the stats show that so it'd be exciting to see him for a full 90 won't it? If his engine's up to that level you know I think it's been developing but his first season certainly he was absolutely spent having played a season in Japan and then, then came to ourselves I, I don't see him when he is getting taken off you can see the energy starting to wane you know and I know it's a wee bit kind of Formula A can't you take him off whether he's winning or not that's just the time he would take him off and he's one of the guys he would he would change on 60 so it depends you know it looks as we both said these fitness levels are up if they're up to a point where he can go 80 or 90 you know 70 minutes whatever then I'm offered you, know, you always want to keep your baller players on the park the guys that can do something out of nothing and he's one of them so if, if his engine is up to it I'd love to see it. Yeah, I think we've all agreed he's looking your trimmer, leaner, you know, more powerful and, and all of that. So if we can start to see that 90 minute Rio Hatai, could be a really exciting time ahead. Okay, let's move on to some final pieces of news now as we start to close out the show. So as we know, Celtic will play Wills now in Dublin on Saturday coming. That's the 29th of July. And that's one to look forward to at the Aviva Stadium. Uh, as always, and as with the games in Japan, we'll be covering that one with an additional episode on the Celtic Exchange Plus. If you aren't already signed up to the Celtic Exchange Plus, you can do so right now via our website at theCelticExchange.com. 
Liam Shaw, he's made a season-long loan move to Wigan. The writing's on the wall there, Paddy. Uh, I think his time is up and we didn't see any of him on tour. We've not seen much of Uruguide and I think some guys of that out will also move on. We touched on Albina Yeti, but it looks like he's digging his heels in on the last 12 months of his probably lucrative Celtic contract and that's just the way it goes. Miff, you mentioned earlier on that the home strip has really grown on you. So despite the speculation... Now that you see it on the players, so we've seen it for the first time on Wednesday, it really looks quite impressive and a lot of people have come full circle on that. So, Matt, any thoughts on any of those updates? Uh, Shaw, to be expected. I think that's his level. Ajeti, can't I really blame him. Uh, Money talks. Why, why would you I play regularly if you played like him? And <laughs> the strip, yes. I have to say, seen it in action. <laughs> After I initially think it was a monstrosity, I think it looks beautiful. It does. There is a picture that was doing the rounds. It was Callum McGregor modelling the kit. You'll have seen it. It's the long sleeve yeah, version. He looks like Dennis the Menace. He's sitting there, yeah. kind of like he's he's got the strip out of a lucky box and it's kind of hanging off him. It looks a bit baggy, a bit loose. And it's just, if people question why that ever appeared in circulation. It's just a terrible shot. But the reality is when you see it, there's a picture of Rio Hitati in action over in Japan. It just looks stunning. And it's, I mean, I don't really care. I put a couple of things out on Twitter and I get shot down for it, but... Rightly so. Yeah, I, I agree with <laughs> it's, uh, yep. it's not the most important thing, but the reality is, you know, when we see it now in action, it actually looks pretty stylish, James. Yeah, so we break for the norm. You know, the black piping instead of the white and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm, you, I don't have a, a massive strong opinion on it. I thought it was a bit of a, a leap from what we've seen before, but I seen a kid wearing at the airport there last week. Looked pretty smart, so... Aye, don't care. Seen Arsenal, so wait up. Aye, I did this on having a year yet. Aye, I think we've got out all right. I really do. Seen the man you? Aye, aye. Is that the Arsenal kit? The Tierney swap with Jack and Marcus. Did you see that? Best pals. So Arsenal played a, I think it was an MLS select. Aye, and Tierney and Jack and Marcus swapped short at the end. Last wee thing I want to cover on. You'll have maybe seen some other headlines, and we've kind of leaned towards it with the comments at the top of the show. That you know, given the signings that Rangers have made, given that Celtic are inverted commas weaker that it's now just a foregone conclusion that Rangers are going to walk it to the league title. Why does this happen? Time after time after time, I think it's the last 12 seasons in a row, in a row now that Rangers are just an absolute stick on to win the league. Where does all that nonsense come from? I, I, I hope. I am... Play your base. That's your demographic, I, your newspaper yeah, that, that's, that's, that's Turn out the base. I, I think that's it's playing to the crowd and getting people to buy your newspaper. I think that's where it comes from. Clickbait, whatever method you want to use but, but why would you fall for it another 11 times after the first time proved to be such absolute bull well you, you know you know the old saying fool me once shame on me fool me 11 times uh, what am I doing no <laughs> the, the line was fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me fool me three times I'm on the Rangers <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of it Paddy though pre-season cup winners for the 12th time in a row ah uh, just I, I love that gif that goes on Twitter, the invisible trophy. Yeah, and the, <laughs> the guy just plays it every time. They, they, uh, it turns out we've got the best advertising boards in the whole of the UK, not uh, just Scotland. Let's get the trophy. Out. Uh, just everything like that. They, 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 that's what they're clutching towards. That's where they are, and it doesn't, it doesn't bother me in one, the slightest. One thing we are firing right back at them in the close season tournament. New screens at Parkhead. New big screens. Fancy, fancy new ones. Oh. Not recycled. Not bought off eBay. New, new ones. Math oh. James is ITK. He's got an insider. Oh, right. New screen is going Thanks, up. Thanks, Izzy. Um, but, you know, it's uh, 
it's frustrating when you hear, hear all these kind of headlines uh, at this moment in time, you know, during the pre-season. And I think from a Celtic point of view, the sooner we can get back to action, the better. And as I say, it's only now a week on Saturday before that big kick-off against Ross County. Paddy, we are now less than two weeks out to that flag day. Um, always a day to look forward to. How are you feeling about things at the minute? Yeah, still very optimistic. I'm, I'm excited to see what the next six weeks holds for us in the transfer market. And that is a long time. I think that as a squad, we're ready uh, domestically. I think as fans, we would like to see the players come in in the next three to four weeks, have a, a few games under their belt, and then be just you know get themselves together to that point of the, the first international break in September, I think after the, the Rangers game. That training for those players that are still going to be about is massive and just setting us up and being ready for, for the Champions League campaign. Um, domestically, I still think that we are well ahead, well ahead uh, with our squad at the moment. Let's just tighten things up a bit. Yeah, James, you talk a lot about Celtic levelling up for the Champions League and about being Champions League ready. Do you still think we're a wee bit off that, as Paddy suggested? Yeah, yeah, we do. I think we know we are. I don't think it was really, would say, let's get in the Champions League tomorrow with what we've got. That would put me right back in panic mode. Um, <laughs> no, I think there's, there's work to be done, but there's there's time to do it. You know, I'm, I'm week to week on my... My panic schedule when we come back, <laughs> like some zen-like kind of thing. So I'm zen-like at the moment. Get back to me in seven days and I'll tell you where I'm at. Matt, your hand still hovers tentatively over that panic button yourself. But final word goes to you. Anything else to add as we look to round off this week's show? No, n- nothing, nothing much more than, than I've already said. Um, and to add in a bit about the fact they'd just been less than two weeks away, the excitement towards that building and the, the boys can't wait to get back. You know, they, they love the routine just going to the football watching Celtic so the quicker you get back to that the more life feels normal that's fair enough <laughs> love that profound profound deep words Miff so that wraps things up on this latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly thanks to James Paddy and Miff for joining me today and as always thanks to you for tuning in don't forget to visit our website at theceltichange.com where you can sign up for Celtic 321 and enjoy all of our additional content but in the meantime thanks for listening and we'll see you again this time next week Network.